Then I will be, I have the honor and privilege of delivering the message this morning. Um, it's so awesome to see all of you, some of you that are um, hopefully calling uh, our church your new, your new church family. Um, I welcome you as well. Um, so <clears throat> we, today we're finishing up the sermon series, Why? Um, I'm hope, I hope that you've been blessed by the series, the why questions that challenge our faith. Uh, why do the innocent suffer? Why do I not see God's will for my life? And then uh, David, uh, and that's what David finished up with um, last uh, Sunday. And then we also had the um, why we suffer. And those are uh, questions that do challenge us in our, our faith. Um, those of us that are Christ followers, those of us who long to uh, fulfill God's purpose in our life, but it's really everyone, right? Everyone, not just Christ followers, but everyone, every, you know, all part of humanity. We always just go about our lives in question. Um, in preparing for this message this morning, um, it, it even challenged me. Uh, it challenged me to really think about what I say in my explanation of why, um, why God chooses me, why it is that God wants to work through me, um, but how God's love prevails in my life and in your life. Um, I hope that it's also challenged you um, this month that, um, that it's really brought light to you or that you let it bring light to you how it is that uh, God works in our lives and how lo God's love prevails. Um, and when we do question, um, it can leave us feeling um, even more uncertain, uncomfortable, uh, maybe even just more confused. And so I hope this morning that I can help clear some of that up for you. And uh, I'm happy to talk about it afterwards as well if you want to just chit-chat about some things that you are trying to work through in your life, and I'm happy to pray for you about it. Um, so again, as I, I pondered about this message, what I felt the Spirit um, leading me to share, um, again, the unsettling, um, just, the, just the, all the what if, what if, what ifs, and what about this, and what about that, um, what I do know and what comforts me in moving forward is that when I lean on Christ, and not necessarily to know the why, but to lean on him because I know who he is and that he's steady and that his, his love, his work is true, his word is true. And so my faith grows when I, when I lean on Christ and what I know of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. Um. You know, thinking about just over the years of what has really got me to, to, to a turning point of not worrying so much about the why. Um, a lot of, we have a lot of things going on in our society, right? We have social media, we turn on, turn on the TV, conversations at work, just conversations around us um, that just really, um, really get us to a point of, man, Lord, what? The one question that I hear all the time, I'm sure you do, is, Lord, why are you letting this happen? Why are you letting this happen? And so over the years, um, hearing the sermons, talking to elders in my life, um, the more I think about that, the more I realize that 
When, when we're in those situations trying to help somebody through, right, we, we feel like we have that answer or we want to have that answer. And what it ultimately does is causes um, some damaging thoughts um, and not any real clarity. So uh, before I go on, I want to go ahead and pray um, over the message this morning, those of you that are here, those of you that are watching, that you will hear the Holy Spirit nudging you, talking to you, helping you get through those um, why situations in your life, and that it ultimately will bring you to a better understanding of just simply who God is. Pray with me. Lord, thank you so much for this time, this morning amongst um, each other, Lord, coming uh, to know you more in our lives. And that we won't always know the why, but that we, as we go through our lives trying to figure things out, Lord, and praying to you and talking with you and waiting for you to speak to us, that we will just come to the understanding, Lord, of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8.28 says, this and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and so with all this going on again in our own selfish way I mean not intentionally trying to be selfish but we're fixers okay we want to help you we want to help you figure out what's going on we want to answer your questions we want to provide certainty um, and, and like I mentioned, um, that doesn't always necessarily um, help the situation, right? We just naturally, human, the human in us, we want to have control, right? And we feel like if we have that control of our lives, things around us, our environment, right? We're going to have those answers and we'll um, fix it and we'll move on, right? Um, if we hear someone around us talking about uh, maybe some bad news that they received or they're just, their lives just aren't making any sense and they're like, gosh, I don't know why this is happening to me. And then someone comes alongside them and says, well, let me tell you why. You know, maybe, oh, maybe God has a reason for this, Right? Uh, well, what did you do that's causing these issues? You know, just completely just causing just even more chaos in this individual's life. Um, and then in our own lives, right? Um, we, get, um, we get to a point where we've, we, as Christ followers, um, yes, we know that God um, has a purpose for us, but Lord, I want some control. You know, you gave me free will, so I want to uh, just head this up, okay? Just let me head this up. And then there's chaos, right? I mean, I could probably do a whole segment of just my own issues, probably in just this last week. Yeah? <laughs> um, we tend to go about our lives thinking if we, what we say and do is for the greater good, right? But when we have that mentality, the greater good is often just a way of doing what we want done and then what the evil one wants done, right? And we justify it by thinking and going forward, it's for the greater good. But God is not for the greater good, all right? God is good, amen? God is good. God's greater good for you and me. How in the world is this supposed to make sense, though, however? How, you know, I went round and round with that myself um, in preparing for this message. And, um, and again, it's just trying to gain that self-control 
Um, I suffer from a lot of anxiety day in and day out. I'll admit that to you. And so I overthink a lot uh, the situation. I dissect it. Um, and then before I know it, I'm way off left field, right? And so my wonderful husband, he's a sounding board constantly, and I'm grateful for him. And sometimes I just have to look, look at him, and, and his body language is like, what? I, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I have some awesome individuals in my circle um, at work, especially. They've been such a blessing to me. But the uh, market center admin, I shared with her that I was um, delivering the message this morning. And I said, you know, I felt compelled to ask her, you know, um, I would really like to know your story and how God's love has prevailed in your life. And she immediately um, started to share with me. Um, and I'll share with you um, here in just a bit um, on how God's love prevailed in, in her life. But here recently, her daughter uh, was interviewed. Um, she's at middle school in Liberty Hill. Um, was interviewed on uh, some sort of pol- political issue happening in the news. Uh, wanted to know young people's perspective on the issue. Um, and in preparing her... Uh, she was sure to let her know, look, you're going to say what you feel led to say. However, you need to remember that you don't have the answer. You don't. And y'all, I'm telling you, we don't have the answer, but we want to have the answer. We want to be the superstar. We want to be like, yep, I helped them. Sure did. I told them what they needed to know. And uh, yeah, that's not, yeah, it's really not that good all the time. (laughs) Okay, so we know what God's word says, right? That God works for the greater, I'm sorry, that God works um, for, let me just read that again. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. But I want to stop real quick. So I want to tell you, I want to point out uh, this, this part of the scripture that God works for the, for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So I want to tell you that if you want the life that Christ has for you, you have to accept it. It's not just given to you. Now, the Lord is knocking on our door daily, every moment. But we can't go about our lives expecting God just to step in. We have to say yes. Now, I don't know if you agree with that or not this morning, and that's okay. That is okay. We must accept Christ. Individuals must trust in God's will and seek to live out his purpose for us, accepting God as our Savior. Life is full of pain and suffering, but it's also full of joy and happiness and love and the peace that really only comes from, uh, uh, comes from God. The peace that promises hope. The peace that surpasses all understanding. God's love means God is with us. We will experience all the pain and the suffering in the world, but the scripture tells us that ultimately God will bring good from even the most difficult circumstances. And so we must make it a daily life act to show this, to show our love, to show our love for him because Christ loves us. A love that... Uh, is unconditional, a, a love that's accepting, a, God, uh, a love that's transforming. Um, I'm, I don't think this is a coincidence um, that I had the Bowmans up here already recruiting for Guatemala mission trip, but because I went uh, this, this year um, on the team and um, I, in preparing for this um, part of the sermon this morning, I immediately thought about Guatemala and my experience there. 
So, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, in hope, hoping to help you understand how God's love prevails, um, I want to tell you that he prevails, his love prevails through us, okay? Um, my experience at Eagle's Nest in Solola, Guatemala, um, really got me thinking about um, the situations that the, the orphan. so I'm sorry, Eagle's Nest is an orphanage uh, and, and then some a retreat center in Solola, Guatemala. And so Eagle's Nest, I think Kim has about 30-something orphans, about 30-something, yeah, 35, something like that. And so each child has a different story. But one that stuck out to me in particular is, uh, is this little boy named Mark. <laughs> they actually called him macaron, which is macaroni in Spanish. And he loved it, loved it. And I love seeing it too. Uh, but we'll call him Mark. Uh, so Mark uh, was born to addict parents, okay? Uh, give you a little bit more about that. When he was born, um, he was fed coffee because the parents, one, were, they were poor, but anything that they had coming into them financially went to drugs. So they fed him coffee and then other things that a baby should not have and ultimately led um, just uh, to a very unhealthy, undeveloped little baby boy. Um, he, his story was actually all across the news in Guatemala. I believe the, uh, the mayor came to see him. Is that right, Kim? The mayor came to see him. He was just this miracle because he was still holding on, okay? So he was having a life of struggle, pain, suffering. And I, th I thought, man, what uh, fate this little boy um, just automatically um, took and right, inherited. Um, now, uh, I could easily go the direction of, oh, well, because he is here with us, um, we have, uh, it, it must have been his purpose or his fate to be born into this kind of family situation. Um, I've heard that, unfortunately, uh, similar, that, oh, it must have been a reason that this happened. But what we need to focus on and what we need to know this morning is that it's not that this was caused, right? Because when we say things like that, we implicate that that's the kind of God that we have. That we have a God that uh, is... Um, that will, is, that will punish you for what you're doing. If something happens to you, he caused it. Um, he's a mad God. He's an angry God. He's, you know, all these. Now, let me tell you, he's going to handle you if he needs to be handled. We know that. That says that in the Bible, okay? He's going to handle the situation. Uh, but the God is a God of love, right? I mean, think about, think about Jesus and dying on the cross, right? It wasn't about Jesus. It was a God, about God's purpose, and that was to save the world. Um, and the ladies, the missionaries, the ladies that take care of these children daily are Jesus on earth for these children. And they don't do this for themselves, but they do this to show the love of Christ, that this child will grow up knowing that what he was born into is not who he is and doesn't have to be for the rest of his life. He's loved. He's cherished. We have a God of healing. He's healing this child. Uh, a constant surrounding of God's uh, prevailing love for him. 
And I'm just in awe of that. I mean, it was a constant reminder of God's love for people and how God's love prevailed in each of these individuals' lives. I mean, we had a little boy who was um, actually uh, born in the woods, left by himself, little redheaded kid, didn't even fit in. Um, So who knows what that situation was, but thank the Lord that someone said yes to whatever was going on that morning and found him in the woods. And so now he is one of the children um, at Eagle's Nest that is being cared for by the missionaries and and the ladies that take care of them daily. Praise God for them. Uh, So... Back to what I wanted to share with you about my friend, my friend Andrea, all right? So I'm going to start off with the scripture though. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Notice the S at the end of the weapons. It's weapons. So what are those weapons, right? So God, we know that God works through us, but what is it that keeps us from saying yes to letting God work through us. So back to my friend and her husband who couldn't conceive. Um, So they went and got tests done. uh, So, oh, I'm sorry. She shared with me that they couldn't conceive. That was the story that came to her when I asked how God's love prevailed in her life. Uh, And so they went and got tested. Um, They, um, you know, searched for answers like normal. So what she said she found was happening, though, in that situation is that they wanted to keep that situation private. They didn't want to tell anybody. They didn't want uh, others to know their struggles. They wanted to just keep this perception of everything is fine. Everything is good. We're, We're blessed. We're fantastic. But the weapon formed in that situation was their pride. Their pride had become nice and strong. Because they felt like no one needed to know their business. They could handle this on their own. So what's going on here? They have said no to Christ coming alongside them and helping them through this situation. So uh, they finally reached a point where, you know what? We, we are at our wit's end. We've become angry. We've become bitter. This is getting us nowhere. They finally uh, answered the nudge to uh, let, theirs, let their people closest to them come alongside them, their church family included. Uh, so after prayer, immediately uh, having prayer and support from this community, um, six weeks later, this gave me chills. Um, they conceived. Now, God did not cause that, not saying that at all. What I want you to focus on is when they said yes to God, coming in and helping them and guiding them and picking them up, lifting them up. The community was able to do that, and that, my friends, is God's love prevailing in their situation. Those weapons that form against us, what are those weapons for you this morning? Is it your pride? Is it your ego? Is it that I know what I'm doing? I know what's caused this, my own choices. Uh, I can get myself out of this. I don't need anybody to come alongside me. I don't need to hear anybody's words. I don't need to hear anybody's prayers. I can do this by myself. We're not meant to do that. We're not meant to do that. We're meant to be in community. We're meant to lay those weapons down in Christ's name 
and let God come in and intervene in our selfish, self-centered, prideful lives. That doesn't mean that we're ugly people. I'm not saying that at all. But those of you here, I'm sure you can understand that the battles within us, um, we say yes to them. We give them power. We give them uh, just an open door to cause chaos in our lives, trying to make sense of everything. Um, Another focus on how God's love prevails is that God actually forces evil and our suffering to serve us. Does that make sense? How in the world does that happen? Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creations will be able to separate us from the love of God. So folks, even what's going on in your life right now, cannot separate us. And if it is separating us, who is it that's keeping that separation? Who is it? It's us. It's us. When we ask those questions, Lord, why is this happening to me? What did I do? I have learned as I've matured in life, and I'm, I'm never going to be fully matured, okay? I'll, I'll be honest, all right? I'm forever growing. I'm, that's okay. Um, that when I own up to my own issues... God always comes in and reveals, first of all, his love and his grace, okay? And sometimes he knows I need to hear it, so he knows that people in my circle, I, think, I feel like they're close enough to me that they know what they need to say to me whenever they see, just seeing me, because <laughs> my body language says a lot. But anyway, um, that um, when, when we're in those situations, you know, all we have to say is, God, you are my God. And I don't know what's happening, but I know who you are. I know who you are. Y'all, we are conquerors in Christ, not by our own doing, not by our words, not by our own actions, but because we've said yes to God to work through us. And let me tell you, when you make that, uh, uh, what's the word I'm saying? I'm trying to say, I'm sorry, uh, acclamation, or when you claim it, Let me tell you something. You better be ready because the Lord does not waste time. He waits for us to say yes. And as he showed my friends, uh, Andrea and James, that uh, what they needed was community and that um, really all they needed to say was yes to God and God led them to this community. That when you say yes, now I'm not saying that things are going to happen to you in six weeks. It's not what I'm saying. Not saying that. (laughs) That when you pray that you're going to see something happen in six weeks. No. Um, uh, What I'm saying is if we just lean on God and not our own understanding, and we ask God to show us, and we ask God to talk to us, and we cry out to God, that's what He's waiting for. He doesn't want you to have the answers, He wants to help you have those answers, He wants to guide you. I love that we have a God of, of healing and redemption. Uh, I love that he could turn something horrible into something beautiful. He can. He does it all the time. And because it's not in our own timing, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. It just means that we need to be patient and we need to wait. 
We need to wait and we need to lean on God. And it doesn't mean that we have to just sit and be quiet. He wants to, like I said, he wants to hear our cry. He wants to hear that, that, that moment of just sobbing or even in the moment of anger. He wants to hear that. He wants you to be honest with him and you be honest with yourself that you need Christ in your life, not your own understanding but God's. Y'all, that wasn't in my script. That was the Holy Spirit this morning. <laughs> Woo, praise God. <sighs> These situations happen and they're going to. But God has good for us. Think about your lives over the years and how how where you are today, and I'm hoping that you're in a better place today and know who God is since you've said yes to Christ, if you have. If you haven't, come talk to us afterwards, and we want to help you get to know God and accept Christ as your Savior if you have not. But just like the mountains, they're developed. Look, I'm about to blow you all away here. This is how mountains are developed, all right? I did a little research, a little science for dummies, okay? That mountains are created underneath, right? Underneath the earth's surface and crusts and like these plates and crusts, uh, they're, they're, they're just colliding underneath and then they just, over time, just start to push up over uh, the grounds and then that's how we start to see these beautiful mountains forming. They formed from chaos that we didn't see. Oh my gosh, that blows me away. I didn't, how many of us ever see anything really coming, right? Oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, what am I going to do? Well, it must have happened for a reason. Well, what are we going to do with this? Lord, help me. I mean, right? I mean, that's what I say. That's what I say. In closing up this morning, I want to read this, Isaiah 61.3. says, God will bestow upon you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the life of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He will be call- you will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I want to tell you that nothing is wasted. Now, things, situations may not make sense to you. You've lost your job. We have, we have spouses asking for divorces just out of nowhere. We have sickness. We have death. Uh, sometimes it, you're, you're seeing it coming. Sometimes it just happens. But because, because God has nothing but good for us, beauty can come from that. Now, it's not going to be easy. It's hard. It's hard to sit back. It's hard to go about our lives not knowing the answers. But what we are to do in those moments is to lean on Christ and recognize what he has done for you already. I think we forget that. And that's where your faith becomes stronger. And that's when when we come to those moments of, of uncertainty, we remember who God is. And we remember how he has come before and healed you and provided for you and brought you out of the ashes and has brought glory and gets you just that much closer to being uh, like Christ. You rise up from the ashes being renewed. 
Beauty comes from blood, sweat, and tears making us whole with newness, redemption, healing, strength, love. Our God will make all things good for his purpose and glory. And although there will be many times that we don't ever know why, we can rest assured that God's word is true and he will forever be about his good for humanity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Amy, very much. Hello, my name is David McMinn, and I'm the pastor here, and I want to first of all thank you, Amy.